we go. Don't forget the know-it-all quiz coming up. You get a chance to get on the air. Who knows? Get a whole box of bite me cookies. Teeny Tiny working on that right now. Plus all the letters that are pouring in. Oh, 530. The That's right. No cookies. Cookies. Oh, the cookies. Thank you. There we go. Uh, you can send Joe, Joe Mama, a text and say something interesting about yourself in that text. Joe you Mama. can find yourself on the radio. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. Play the know it all quiz. Ooh, it is a winter wonderland here in the Clum, Sherry. Winter wonderland. Snow very just pretty. keeps coming. Oh, very pretty. Getting a little sick of it. But um, who am I to shake my fist? My King Lear? Blow winds, crack cankers and calluses. <laughs> Don't make me do that. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, decides he's going to step down. He's going to finish out the term, and that's going to be it for him. He's been serving since 1977. He first went to Washington, served with Johnson administration. He's won every time out of Kentucky. He's a great tactician. His problem is that uh, he stood up against Donald Trump, and then he had a hard time uh, recruiting senators and really just ended up kind of just sticking up the place at the end. He couldn't keep everybody together, and you could tell he's just getting tired. And uh, there's, of course, a great video that people made uh, – wonderful hay with last year where he just sort of seated froze just sort of standing staring there they said he had like a mini stroke or something we knew he had fallen at reagan national airport and had been concussed and then the doctor said he was okay but obviously at the age what is he 82 or something like that yeah Mm -hmm. he's um his time is up and over so he will step out but not before this bizarre headline mitch mcconnell's sister-in-law's death is upgraded from an accident do we think Someone might have murdered her. And this this is right in your bailiwick, Sherry, because it's it, a murder. It, it's it's true. And it's speaking of the super rich, she is one of them. Her name is Angela Chow, and she's the sister mm-hmm. of Mitch McConnell's wife. They found her dead after being pulled out of a car that had gone into a pond mm-hmm. at a private ranch in Johnson City, mm-hmm. Texas. Yes. Now, the ranch was they said it was owned by a corporate entity tied Mm. to her husband, Jim Breyer. Now, Jim Breyer is part owner of the Celtics. Yes. Yeah. So they said they have to investigate this as a criminal matter until Mm. they can rule out that it that it isn't. So, you know, this is a woman who's like 50. Uh, Did she have a medical problem? Did she have... Uh, was she placed there in the car? She was in a car, submerged, and mm-hmm. that's how she died, they think. Um, but they're not saying that it's natural causes yet. But at first, they thought it was, and then they changed mm-hmm. the tune a little bit? Yeah, I think everybody assumed it was, because why would this woman get murdered? There's just no connection to anybody that would want to harm her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um... When Mitch married his wife, and then she was the Secretary of Transportation, he became quite rich because when his mother-in-law passed, left, I think, like $26 million or something to Mitch and his wife. Um, so that's you got a bunch of money. People, oh, where'd he get all the money? He's making $195,000, uh, but that's where that money came from. So who knows? could be foul play. But I'm sure you'll be on that one and be watching that one very carefully as you watch all of these murder stories. 
Yeah, no doubt they're they are very wealthy people. She also has two degrees from Harvard, uh-huh. and um, I mean she's a titan of industry. So I mean she's very very well connected. They don't say where her husband was that night or mm. any other details. Oh, I see. Was she in the car or was she in the trunk of a car? <laughs> she was in the car. Okay. In the uh, car. Got it. Okay. Uh, Mitch kicking out at 82, leaving, and that brings up uh, some people are starting to say, you know what, maybe maybe she look more closely at having sort of an age restriction. At a certain point, you got to go, right? Because we see it more and more. I found this as a phone call from 1971. This is Richard Nixon uh, talking with Justice Chief uh, Berger. Um, and he's, well, here's the, here's the, Nixon seems somewhat surprised. I guess he was sending out birthday cards or something. I think one of the problems in the Congress, I was looking over a list here of our Republicans, and good God, I mean, we've got people over 70 that I hadn't realized. I mean, Les Aaron's Bill Wood and all and so forth. They're too old. They're too old. You know what I mean? Understand, I think I think you could, frankly, in a court, I think you can serve, say, to 75, because there it's a different kind of a thing. Of the pace is different. But, but as a Congress, I think you got, I think the House and the Senate, you ought to be out of there. 70 because you know that's a murderous thing down there that's the big reform that needs to be had over there it's, it's just yep. getting some figures yeah, and guys right. in their 40s nobody should run for the house if he's over 40 because he can't mount anything run for the first time i mean no. and nobody should run for the senate if he's over 50 for the first time no. now there you see because you could you've got to you've got to be in so you can serve 20 years whoa so no one should run for the house if they're over 40 for the first time for the first be- time. Because then he's saying you have to be able to serve 20 years and then you'll be 60 and that's too old, too. I mean, th- these are keep in mind, this was in this like what, 70, 1971, yeah, 71 life expectancy was shorter then sure. and, and people just didn't live as long. And so 70 what today is no big deal. 70 then was 85 today. Right. So he's right. saying. You know, don't don't uh, don't start running when you're 50 years old. It would they'd have a hard time, I'm assuming, getting this thing passed because a lot of those guys are old and they would not want to vote themselves out. Because once you get that job, you don't want to lose that job. It's the same way. Oh, you know, let's how about term limits. Yeah. Good luck for that. Would you'd have to change the Constitution for term limits. You'd have to get all the states to sign off on this as well. That would be a much harder push to get that rock to stay up the hill. But on this one. People were people. You can see it, right? You can see Joe Biden, and you think to yourself, really? You want somebody that old running for president? Um, and Donald Trump being seventy-seven years old, so people get a hard look at it. Or maybe when people are voting, the problem is that eighty-five percent of the time the incumbent wins. So the guy's seventy years old runs again, like Mitch never lost out of Kentucky. So you'd have a hard time kicking him out, and these guys probably don't want to vote themselves out of anything. So. Um, but American people would certainly demand it, but that wouldn't do much to get those guys to get off their rear ends and do anything. Because once you get that job, you don't want to leave that job. No, and so they did this study 10 years ago. Ten of the most populous countries only had one leader that was 70 or older, and that was India. Now eight of them, of the biggest countries have leaders that are over 70 years old. And Indonesia and Pakistan are going to hold elections. If these guys win, the ones that they think are going to win, all 10 countries will have leaders over 70 years old. 
They think the reason is in part because it's so expensive to run yeah. a campaign now. A really young person just doesn't have any of those long-term investments with with sponsors and things like that, where the older people have been working with these same corporations or same fundraisers forever. So right. they can keep raising the money. A younger person's going to have a lot harder of a time doing that. Right, because you think about what the job entails to go get the job, right? So you've got to basically leave your job and then travel all around the state and do every single rubber chicken dinner and shake hands. And you're out on the stump throughout, you know, for 100 and some days or 200 and some days. Where's the money coming from? Like, how are you paying the bills back home? That's why you get a lot of lawyers that will run or you sometimes somebody used to be self-funded or um, they have enough money sort of tucked away that they're able to sort of leave the job, whatever the job is. Maybe they've retired early. They hit it big. They got the money and they're out there, you know, working the stump. But that's why you really even when it's serving locally. You know, they can make like thirty six or thirty eight thousand dollars a year in Olympia, 60 days or 100 days, depending on what uh, the uh but the work is being done. Well, say to your boss, I got to leave my job for 60 days or leave my job. It's sometimes they go into emergency sessions and it goes much longer. Well, it's like, who's going to let you leave for 100 days? Oh, I'm going to leave. I need to take some time off. 100 days. Your boss <laughs> yeah. will be like, what? Right? So you get either, um, I think it was Dino Rossi, a funny story he told me one time. He said, um, you get the people that think $35,000 a year is a lot of money. So for them, it's like, Oof, I'm going to get that job. I'm going to, you know, serve in the House or the Senate in Washington because I'd like 35000 right? So for those guys, I'm going to do that. So you get a lot of you can get a lot of farmers over on the east side that are able to turn over the, the running, the daily running of the farms um, to family or to uh, employees. But then on the west side, what were you doing that you could leave your job? Uh, and how important were you to that job that you could leave for 100 and some days? Well, unless you have somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy, who was an independent, um, you know, he he was independently wealthy at a very young age. Right. So if you've got that kind of, you know, if you've got your own deep pockets through your family or something like that, then it, then it'll work. But otherwise, you're right. How does somebody take a break from their life, not have a job, and pursue this political career with no money? Very and and half of it is just selling yourself. To people to to fundraise isn't so, isn't the cost job. the cost of admission part of the problem with politics in this country? I mean, somebody was telling me that in the UK you have like there's a certain window you have like three or six months to run campaigns. You can only spend like sixty thousand dollars. Right. So right. That's right. So it's a it's a limited window. You, the things that go on for two years, you don't need to raise. You can't. You don't have to raise as much money because you have a smaller one. Yeah, and they basically just all in and that's it. Right. Um, it, there might be a different structure as to how much advertising you have to do for it, but if they were to shorten that window, then you could only raise you know a certain amount of money, and that would be it. Well, that's not really fair. I don't. I think there were probably some constrictions coming from the Constitution. You would still be able to you know raise funds because people would still be able to give you money towards something. But that would be great. Yeah. You know, it was the Dino Rossi when he ran against Kim Schreier. I think it was against Kim Schreier. Yeah. It was the most expensive race they ever had in Washington. I think Rossi raised like twenty-three million, and Kim Schreier raised twenty-eight million or more. So I think it's numbers off the top of my head if I remember them. Well, that's a lot of money. 
Just to That's just a to lot pick somebody. Of money. Yeah, that's just to crazy. get somebody in there, and of course, money's going to come from out of state because everybody wants to pour the money in. Listen, TV stations and radio stations would hate that if you try to restrict it because man, they they're a fat city coming up, big big rolls of money pouring into Cairo and to King and Como. You start to see all these ads start to roll in there. So, oh yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it just means less chances for us to to enjoy the cars for kids spot. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Sherry, you'll be happy to know that the Stripper Bill of Rights has passed and is now going to be sitting on Inslee's desk. It's going to get a, it's going to get a lap dance over there, uh, just waiting for the signature. Big news. Yep. Big this news. On Monday, they had a big rally complete with a stripper pole and strippers doing their little thing uh, right out in front of the... <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it passed. Uh, it passed as it was uh, Senate Bill 6105. It passed 29 to 20. Um, and here's what they got. Uh, security guards at all the clubs, coded keypads for dressing rooms, sexual harassment training for all employees. That just seems a little, I don't know. Um, it should be for the maybe the patrons too. And panic buttons. Uh-huh. So this this paves the way now for plus, liquor. Plus alcohol, right? Well, no, not yet. That hasn't happened okay. yet. But it, it paves the way for it. Um, they what? They, oh, one last minute amendment though is that they they got rid of those. Remember those lewd conduct laws where they went into right. a gay club and people got upset yeah, about yep, it. Yep, they yeah. at the last minute they added that, so that's gone too. And okay. Washington State is the only state in the country that doesn't allow alcohol in strip clubs. Yeah, it's been around since the 70s or something like that. In Portland, our sister city in Portland, I think per capita has more strip clubs than any other city. Yep. Okay, Joe, calm down. I've just <laughs> <laughs> confirmed. Oh, so you are a regular? No, I'm not. I've actually yeah. never been to a strip club in Portland, but I just happen to know that, yes, it's frequently touted as having the most strip clubs per capita. Mm-hmm. We have like 14 in the whole state or something. Well, because you go in there and spend fifteen bucks on a drink and a RC cola or something, right? Like it just that. makes it, it makes it so much creepier for some reason. I, it, <laughs> I, I know it's depressing anyway, but then when yeah. you, if, I mean, at least if you're drunk, you can kind of go, "Oh, I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing." Yeah, or it's like a social gathering. You know, you gotta yeah. have a party at a club or whatever. Right. Oh. Sad. They think this bill is going to c- shut down a few of those 16 because it's expensive to get some of these things put into place, to have a security guard hired, to have this you know, security system with the buzzers. Well, they'll make it so, up with alcohol. See, that's right, the, if, these, yeah. these strip that clubs, happens. the reason they don't make any money is because, you know, they can't sell any alcohol. So you walk in there on a you know Wednesday night, a rainy, cold Wednesday night, there's like two guys sitting there. Well, and, and a big part of the problem... Sucking down a, Sprite, yeah. They said that then this is part of the reason they needed this Bill of Rights because what, what patrons would do is like binge drink before they went in. So they drink, you know, they take like 10 shots before walking through the door. They walk in, they seem okay, and then 20 minutes later, they're blackout drunk and falling all over themselves and just being an idiot. So this mm. will actually, it'll, it'll help in a numerous ways. Yeah. Because they'll yeah. never show up drunk if they sell alcohol. Well, I mean. <laughs> well, it's different, Sherry. At least the guy that's running okay. the strip club makes some of the money. Okay. There's a place called um, Mini's, Mini Bar and Go-Go, I think it's called. It's, if it's still there, it's on I-90 out in Missoula. 
or Fred's Bar and Go Go. Fred's Bar and Go Go, <laughs> and it it should be they should be call it Fred's. It should be called Stretch Marks because that Ooh. is, ay ay, wow. I was driving a Sturgis on my motorcycle, riding a Sturgis, and it was like, let's stop off at Fred. <laughs> yeah. uh, guys, it's, it's quarter of 10 in the morning. Yeah, let's go in. That's the good shift, right? Oh. <laughs> and that's where I got into a bar fight, Sherry. Oh, did you win? I have a small scar right here on my lip. Right uh, well, how'd the other guy look? Sh- uh, stunned when I accidentally punched myself in the face to cut my lip with my own wedding ring. Wow, that's a tease. <laughs> that's still... That's unnecessary. <laughs> well, we don't know the whole story for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. So, <laughs> so tell the story. How did it happen? Uh, I have time. It's a- Well, if I get a chance to tell a story I've never told before to you, Sherry, then I'm not going to miss that like a dog on the phone. Buggy's Auto Service Centers first, because I want to tell you about it. They've got 16 locations, been around for 53 years. Take your car to Buggy's, but don't bother driving it all the way to Missoula, Montana to go to Fred's Lounge because it is closed down. Missoula's iconic Fred's Lounge. Yeah, I know. It's final dollar, final customer. Um, Closed in 2021. There's always a casual, never in, intimidating, just weird, just a chill place to enjoy a drink and see some fi- <laughs> fine entertainment. Wow. Okay. It's gone. Friends of Bar and Go-Go, gone. Oh, well. Why oh, they have a plaque there for what happened to me on a fateful early morning on the way to Sturgis. It feels like just yesterday, Sherry, that I was there. I had uh, pulled over with... Two compatriots that were thirsty for beer and uh, they were also lusting for some of the ladies. They were dancing on the bar. There's it at the bar and it sounded something like this. Andrew, if you will, set this feeling for us. It's <laughs> 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 a saloon. That's well. Tombstone. Yeah. The Old West. (laughs) Women weren't dancing to ragtime. (laughs) Hey there, barkeep. What do you say? I'll have another sassafras. (laughs) I'm standing at the bar, and it's packed. As I hear this guy behind me go, Hey, good boy. Hey, good boy. He's calling me S-boy. Hey, good boy! Hey, hey, good boy! I'm thinking, well, that guy's got an unfortunate nickname. <laughs> but you know when someone's yelling at you and then all of a sudden you realize it's the, the voice is hitting you right in the back of the head? Hey, sure, I'm talking to you, good boy! So I turn around, I look back and go, me? You talking? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you, you boy, will you? Yeah, yourself? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You, you, yourself? You ask yourself, is what you say, oh, right? Boy. <laughs> what? And I said, what? <laughs> what? What do you, why? What do you, what, me? And it was like, I, my other guys that I'm with are gone, so I'm all by myself. And 
the guy gestures to my back pocket. I had forgotten I had picked a, I had picked up a Snickers bar oh, boy. in uh, Spokane, and it was a big king size. So I thought, well, I'll save some of this for later. So I <laughs> so took you a couple. Had, you went into the saloon with half a Snickers bar <laughs> in your back pocket, and you didn't think you were going to get picked on. Well, let's remember that while sitting on this motorcycle and the heat of the motorcycle and the heat generally, <laughs> it, it was all down, all around my backside, leaking through the pocket, right? Oh it, all into the seat of the pants. So I realized, I go, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I put my hand in my back pocket and I pull out a big pile of this oozy chocolate mess. And I went, oh, I... I guess I did. Yes, you're right. Thank you, kind sir. I guess I did blank myself. And I held up my hand with the the chocolate and all the nougats and everything else was included. And I go, oh, look, it even has some peanuts in it. You want some? <laughs> and I handed it to him in a gesture of friendship. And he went and slapped my hand back to my oh. face. So now my face is covered in chocolate. <laughs> And my <laughs> ring that I had on uh, cut my lip. And uh, I started bleeding. And then with that, the bartender said, Take it outside! Take it outside! <laughs> well, that's all anybody needed. Now they're all like, Whoa, here we go! We got ourselves a bar fight! <laughs> and I'm like, well, I get caught up in the sea of humanity pushing all of us out. This disgusting old man that looked like he had done time in prison. He was really looking for this, you know, just grizzled guy. He's walking out there. He's on one side, I'm on the other, and they're forcing us out into the parking lot. I still have a little bit of chocolate on my face. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to need you that need for, it for the energy. energy. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm licking my face. So I get out there, and I see my Harleys off to the side, just sitting there, and I say to the guy, I tell you what I'm going to do. I don't want to get any of your blood and teeth on my jacket. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my jacket off, put it on my bike. I'm going to come back. And I'm going to, yeah, all right? He's like, here we go. I'm going to kill you, which I think he's probably said a number of times, right? And I'm like, get ready. Get ready to get knocked out. So I'm just trying to, like, you know, get the crowd all worked up. So they start to form this sort of circle, and I'm able to get, pry the circle open as I take my leather jacket off as I'm heading to the bike thinking oh my god please start please start please please and I'm yelling I'll be right back to get up you better get ready find out somebody call 911 so I'm still engaging verbally right by talking a lot of crap, like I'm coming back, I'm coming back there, I'm coming back. And I'm walking, walking, walking. I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, please start. This Harley suck. And then boom, 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 boom. You know, they don't start up right away. And I'm like, get my bike, get my jacket, I'm coming back. Get ready. Get ready. Somebody get ready to call the cops. Get ready. To, don't call the cops. I'm just yelling stuff. Just keep all stuff. They're all worked up, all worked on this. Oh, you get back here, you boy. Kill you. I'm like, yeah, you're going to kill. I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so get on the bike and drove away <laughs> i was like oh my god oh my god where did your friends go who knows i mean come on this is yeah, a very peewee herman story yeah. <laughs> and i ended up getting a cut on the lip and i uh then it, i thought oh, so i turned around and i drove back 
back home to Seattle. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> for a, so for a thing on your lip? No, because I just, the whole thing was just, my wife at the time was like, why are you doing this? This is dumb. So I come home and <laughs> she's like, what happened to you? I said, I got into a bar fight and then I told the whole story. She goes, you got to get that fixed. So I went to a plastic surgeon and the guy <laughs> stitched it up, right? And here's mm-hmm. the weird thing. Like two, three months later, I'm walking down Queen Anne Avenue and this guy who I'm really good with faces, I don't really recognize. This guy walks up to me, he goes, hey, how you doing? Let's see how it's looking. And with that, he reaches up and grabs my lip. <laughs> and while he's holding it, he's going, hey, that healed really nicely. And I, and I oh, <laughs> okay. And he walks away. I said, oh, my God, that was weird. And Paul goes, that was the doctor. That's Dr. <laughs> Clark. That's the guy that stitched your lip. I was like, oh, I had no idea. I just stood there and let a man on the street grab my lip. And that's yeah. the end of the story. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was definitely. I wish I could good say one. the S word because that <laughs> really made it. That the guy had given me a nickname and picked me out. Like what? What should I have done? Like not reached into the pocket and then offered him some peanuts and some nougat. You should have punched him in his mouth. That's what you should have done. Then ran after away. he, Joe Mama. Oh, 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 in the bar. <laughs> so after he reaches up and so I've I've already. Blood is drawn first by my own punch to my own face. And then you're saying at that point, punch this guy? Yeah. This- I mean, well, that, that, no. would, that would have been the barf. That would have been the guy in his way to Sturgis thing to do. But I think clearly you realize at that point. No, because you can assess. You look at those people and you're like, that guy looks really grizzled. Like yeah. he's done time in prison and, you know, he's probably stabbed people or just done other things. He just definitely looked like somebody who had killed people before. And, and he's like, not the only got one. Got off on manslaughter. Yeah, there's other so, people so, in there. So you're going to be outnumbered. So what you should have done is. Oh, 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 here, oh, here we, we go. go. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> say, advice from Sherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you say, and you look down and you look horrified and you look back at them with this level of vulnerability. And you say, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I've I had an operation last week and um, things are still settling down. So thank you for letting me know. And then you burst into tears. <laughs> Yeah, in the loud, crowded bar with the <laughs> ragtime music playing in the background. Well, it would have saved your lip. I could have... Oh, I... okay, let me try yours. Okay. Oh, you're right. I. You're right. I, I have a stoma, and the bag has become detached, and my own fecal matter has... It took about 16 inches of my large intestine. <laughs> So I, you're right, and I appreciate that. I've, I've been struggling with some digestive problems, and I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> digestive problems. Thank you. I'll make sure. I'll go into the restroom and reattach my stoma. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He'd go. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe they would have a little empathy. My, my mother had a colostomy. Right, and you never know. I'm hugging, yeah, right. Sometimes it's better just to let your guard down and oh, tell a yeah. big fat lie. Or get in a bar yeah. fight. Every bar fight's are good for you. Oh. Come on. Oh, I should, like, this is Sherry telling me to let your guard down. Here's what Sherry would say. I would set you on fire if I wouldn't get arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that was another option you could have done. Yeah, and then Joe. <laughs> Joe, here's the other thing. I was making a living with my face. I get punched in the face like my nose gets broken or something. I detached my eye. And then I come back to King 5 and they're like, yeah, that's, we're going to go another that's direction. Fair. That's why you shouldn't go to. You shouldn't have been going to Sturgis in the first place. I mean, I'm a guy. I've been mugged three times in my life because I have a very, very punchable face. <laughs> very punchable. <laughs> I got nominated most punchable face in Western Washington. Three years running. <laughs> okay? You know what? Okay. But you know what you do? You don't sit and cry about it. <laughs> no, you don't. Andrew, why does this thing on my computer says your computer has loaded down, installed, important windows? Please restart your computer before Friday, 10 a.m. And then it keeps coming up. Should I take action, not take action? Cancel. Uh, oh, that's on your laptop there. It's not on the machine yeah, here. I don't know what the heck that is. Uh, when right. the show's done, just do what it says. No, yeah, but it says it's going to be counting down in five five minutes. Whatever five minutes? Uh-oh. I don't know. Uh-oh. Okay, but they won't let me play anything. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. Joe, you have to play these cuts. So a guy has set a record. Is it a world record of eating a Big Macs? Is that what it is? He's, this oh, is yeah. Guinness World Book of Records of some gross uh-huh. feet. Yeah. Sherry yep. likes this because you feel that you're a kindred spirit with this guy. I am. When I was about 10... Um, I decided I'd start counting my, I loved Big Macs. I've always loved McDonald's and I decided I would start counting how many Big Macs I could eat and mm-hmm. I ate 52. So I ate one a week, uh, for the whole year. <laughs> Did you let your parents I, I, in on this or were you eating them like under the covers <laughs> at night? No, no, no. They, they were, you know, they, they were busy. I didn't notice. Um, but I, I would brag about it too. And the people, mm-hmm. cause I was, a really little child, and mm. people would say, "You couldn't eat that. You probably can't even eat one Big Mac." I'm like, "No, uh-huh. I, no, I can. I ate 52 of them." I thought it was, I was, it was very impressive as a kid. And still to this day, you are bewitched by the by the golden arches, aren't you? I am. I I I absolutely love happy meals and i will tell you this it must be in my dna because as you know my mom has got some some health issues and she's been in the hospital for a bit and i left her today and i came home and i called her and she said i've been trying to call your sister all day and i said what's the matter and she said could she please bring me a quarter pounder i hate this food so she was she's and probably half the reason she might be in the hospital is because of the big Mac, or because of the McDonald's. But I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I, I get it. I, it's addictive. It really is. You don't feel guilty at all. Guilty? Why would I feel guilty? Because you know it's just horrible food. Well, I mean, yeah. If I was eating it like this guy, I mean, he ate thirty-four thousand one hundred twenty-eight. Big Macs. He's in the. He's been in the Guinness World Book of Records for years now. He ate his in first a single Big Mac. sitting. In a single sitting. <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he ate his first Big Mac in 1972, and he's been sitting there ever since. So <laughs> last year he ate 728. Uh, he used to eat nine Big Macs a day. Eesh. He forgoes the fries. Um, and he walks six miles a day to sort of mitigate all of this. He eats no breakfast. But he also eats ice cream and chips. He's a very skinny he's, dude. He is really skinny. Yeah. 
Uh, he plans to eat him until he dies, and he says that he's only missed eight days since 1972. How do you like that? How do you like them apples? Only, only eight, <laughs> only eight days of of eating them, or only eight days of in like sick days or something. Eight days of not eating them. Of not eating them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Family emergency or something. There's maybe... a documentary. Documentary was done a while ago. The guy supersized me. Remember mm-hmm. that? Oh, yeah. I couldn't watch. And he made himself famous from that, and then they gave him a show on CNN, and it bombed. Um, he seems so dramatic in that when he got sick. He's like, oh, just, the lights got darker, and he was just, like, curled up in a ball. <laughs> really? Well, think about it. He ate that food every single day. That's all he ate, right? Look Breakfast, at Don Gorski, though. That's all he eats. He's been doing it for 30 years. Yeah, but Don Gorski, he's he's in a class by himself. We're you know the the Gorsk as we call him. Yeah, not everybody's going to be him. <laughs> fair, you know that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you had one this week, Sherry? Have you had your Big Mac yep. fix? Uh, no, I didn't get a Big Mac, but I did get a Happy Meal. I get about one a week. You say it funny too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you do. By the way, <laughs> when you get the Happy Meal, do you, do you break it out into little sections and like eat little parts of it at different times and like do, pull the bun off and then lick that no, and then I, separate kinda, everything. First of all, I want to know what how I say Happy Meal wrong. No, you say Big Mac wrong. Oh, what did I say Big Mac? You how said I Big say Mac. It? Oh, Big Mac. Big Mac. <laughs> no, yeah, so it. the Happy Meal, I, I'm one of those people that eats one thing, finishes it, then eats the next thing. And I never get the, 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 the oh, they have gross like apple slices and some other gross thing in there. <laughs> yeah. And I get extra fries oh, instead ooh, of apple the apple slices, slices or fruit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, fruit. <laughs> Fred's texting in. I worked at Big McDonald's. I cooked. I never ate there. I actually made the Mac sauce and we made it from scratch, Sherry, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah, let's don't find out what he scratched when he was making it because oh, I, I can't, hey, I can't hey, take oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll be here all week trying the veal.